Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the guy cuts me off and I almost fall. Going full speed around the corner. Ugh. And I stops at the corner and I flipped out on him. And then I won the race and I, he disqualified me. Oh my For swearing God. at him. Was his name Jack Reese? <laughs> <laughs> Sport. There's no one in the uh, in the stadium, the football stadium, completely an empty, empty arena. Yeah. But they add in crowd sounds. Yeah. It, it's like consider it like a laugh track. Do they have like cardboard cutouts too? Uh, only NBA is doing that. It's, it's, no, it's, NBA's got like virtual people. Oh, yeah, right. MLB has like <laughs> sorry, cardboard sorry, cutout yes, people. Yes. It's wild. It's but, so it, we're in a weird time. LA's burning to a crisp. Yeah, uh, the world's burning down. No one's going to any sporting events because we can't because of a global pandemic. We're in a weird spot. 2020 is weird. Not to mention this feedback is horrible. Is I feel so like bad. I'm in a game of Packers. Absolutely. In a game of Packers. <laughs> we're trying to be like sucked in through the headphones and digitized Lawnmower into the system. man type shit. Bro. Oh, this yeah. When AOL first went digital. This is the noise that you heard. Morse code is coming through. Are we using right dial now. up right now? Are we connecting to we'll tell you what ha- what's happening, Paul's audience. There's a good chance most of you have fallen in love with our beloved engineer Bradley. Bradley, we, we know you guys you know what he looks like, you know his personality, you know him, you mm-hmm. love him. Brad has has moved on. Yeah. Brad's uh he moved back to his home state to go achieve some personal goals. And we got a new engineer named Travis. And so far, he ain't fucking doing it. No, like, hey, 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 right, 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 all the pressure on him. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, it's no, it's no, it's no problem because we're gonna figure this out, and we got an ace guest. An ace guest. We've had. I mean, shit, dude. We're really living up to our name. The number one podcast in the world. <laughs> Just rocket fuel guest. Star after star after star. Six nine. Charlie Rocket. And we got got a phenomenal guest today. We good on the feedback? That that feels it's much better. better. I feel like I'm no longer in a microwave. And I'm back. Somebody stuck me in for a reheat cycle. (laughs) Should we should we we podcast without headphones? Be a first at it. I think we're all comfortable with speaking like close to a microphone, knowing what we're supposed to do, right? Also, that's a problem. Also, our guest who has one of the biggest YouTube channels in the world is vlogging our inconsistent bullshit podcast now, (laughs) which makes me feel even fucking worse about things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's bring him on. Uh, Are we okay? Let's go. I'm just gonna run this without. Yep. Headphones. Fucking I can't believe it. The first podcast, we all don't have headphones on. Times are changing. What if I sound different? You're going to. There's too much feedback, so many technical difficulties. We're going to bring on the guest, ladies and gentlemen, with over 12 million subscribers and 3 billion views. This OG storyteller and entrepreneur has graced the forefront of social media and business at the highest level for over a decade. Ladies and gentlemen, it's YouTube's hero, Casey Neistat. YouTube's hero. Legend. You're here to save us all, oh Casey. What's quadruple up, OG, dude. Quadruple. Quadruple. I agree. Bro. Yeah, so it, 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 flight risk, you put on the headphones. Do you hear the <sighs> feedback? No, I don't hear anything. What are you talking about? All right, so. No, I'm just fucking with you. It sounds awful. <laughs> it does it, it wait. No, it'll come back. 
I'm positive. Oh, it's coming back. Yeah, for sure. So we'll just go on and off at, at our leisure. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Come on, guys. Casey, <laughs> good to be here. How are you? Um, what a fucked up year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not good. <laughs> what a fucked up year. It's like the year is almost as fucked up as your head's <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I literally can't do it. Um, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. So, so uh, when I texted you, you want to come on Impulsive, I said, yo, Casey, Monday, how, how does 1 p.m. work? You said you said you said I, you said I have kids. You said I have kids. Can we make it earlier? I said we'll do whatever you need. You're Casey Neistat. 11 a.m. sound good? He says yeah. It might be a little late. 11 30, 12. I got a conference call. Busy man, entrepreneur, business guy. It's 1 p.m. Casey. I got you're two hours late. We've been sitting here. Everything was perfect. And then the moment you came. The headphones is feedback. It sounds like Morse code coming through the wires. I know it's just it's it's this is penance for bad karma for me not just committing to one o'clock to begin with. No, it's all good, but you're here now. You knew. Sort of. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here now. Happy to be here. Yep. It, is it the kids? Is that what because you said you said can we can it be earlier? I have kids. Is that is that what happens when you have kids? I'm sort of. No. What it is is I since I moved to California, I have a policy. I don't keep a schedule. Hmm. Which means I'll only like I don't commit to anything. Oh. <laughs> Are you joking? I'm dead. It's the most awful punishing thing for everyone in the world but me. But I you know, I don't keep a schedule. What's like, the reason? It's just like too much stress. Stress. It's stressful. And it's like when I lived in New York, I had like, you know, you have like 10 appointments a day. I was running three companies. I was like doing a video a day. And it's like, I don't want to do any of that right now. So yeah, I just refuse to keep a schedule. I refuse to keep a schedule, and I refuse to schedule phone calls. Has is that- it because you live in Los Angeles now? Yeah. My dad has a, a <laughs> massive problem with Los Angeles, LA-based people doing this. I swear, no, no, none of us like show up when we please. Like we're late, we're early. Yeah, I mean, Logan, I think if you tried to not keep a schedule in New York City, you just nobody talked to you. Right. But in LA, you're like, oh, you don't keep a schedule. Cool. Yeah, my dad doesn't keep a schedule. Mm. You know, it's just like it's the way it goes. Have mm-hmm. I found it freeing for you? Yeah. Because because yeah. there's all there's people on the other side of the spectrum that say that a rigid schedule is actually a, their stress reliever because they wake up, they know exactly what they have to do for the day, and it keeps them in line. They move dot to dot to dot. Well, okay, so it goes like this. I, I literally only schedule as many things and as far in advance as I can keep track of in my brain. Mm. So I think you asked me on Friday, yeah. you're like, yo, you want to come Monday? There's no way I'm going to remember four days. That's, that's like three days. I know. But Not like, even. If it's look, like I got to get Francine up at 7.30. Georgie's got to be up at 8. By 8.15, Francine has to be in her uniform. This is like five things. Now I got to throw impulsive in there too yeah. like forget what about the about surfing it. too yeah i gotta remember to surf this Come is just on. like too fucking much <laughs> Are so, you, have you been surfing a lot since you got out here yes yeah, it's like that's my full-time job i was, I was gonna ask about that because you've been doing tutorials yeah i, I saw you uh took the, the milios sir yeah one yeah. of them dixie right yeah, yeah i took dixie and you said you weren't you weren't a pro instructor but i'm assuming like do you have a goal here or are you just doing it for fun you know surfing for me is like one of those things where i've always wanted to do it mm. And it's like you promise yourself your whole life you're going to get to a place where you can do that thing. Because like there's nothing more indulgent than surfing. Sure. It's just like there's no return on that investment ever. And so when I moved out here, like I made it a really big priority. And it's like the hardest sport I've ever tried to learn. Really? Uh, forgive me, surfers. What is makes it's, it so difficult? It's like the best way I can explain this is like if you ski or you snowboard like your first day kind of sucks by the end of that day you can make it down the mountain sure. yeah, yeah. and by the end of the second day like you're slow but you're not getting hurt you're okay the zero to one of surfing 
is like six months every single day. Yeah. And at the end of those six months, you'll be able to look like a total like kook, a total doofus on like a some long stupid board going straight to shore like you have no business being out there. Like you, that's how wow. hard it is. What do you think the core differentiating factor is between surfing and, and skiing? Is it because the, the probably, landscape probably the changes water. on yeah. every single... It's frozen water. Yeah, it's I mean water. like there's the, the mechanics of it, which isn't that romantic, but it's like you don't just have to learn how to like operate the ski, the snow, the surfboard. Like you right. have to operate the, the tool. But you also have to like read the waves and like know how to have the strength to paddle and like know where to find the. It's like imagine if like the the ski mountain was constantly moving Ch and changing, changing shape. Yeah, like right, you, right, right. But the more romantic part of like the difference between surfing and all those other sports is it's like, it's you just go out in the middle of the ocean by yourself. Like every day, you just kind of sit out there, Does that floating in the ocean. Is that scary yeah, to you? You ever get scared of something nibbling on your foot? You ever had anything nibble uh, nibble on you? Yeah. <laughs> you, are you serious? Totally serious. You've been nibbled? Dol no, it wasn't a bite, but dolphins and I don't know what they are, seals or sea lions, I, I hate them. Right. Everybody loves dolphins. Don't love dolphins. <laughs> that's that's kind of well, fucked up, man. I mean, I, I wish them the best, hmm. you know. How can you not love dolphins? Have you ever had like a bunch of dolphins fuck with you when you're trying to surf? You lie. Dead ass. No way. I have to get the stoke and they're probably... Dolphins surf, but usually they just come near where you are. And sometimes like on a, a break where there's always people... They get way too close to you. And when you're sitting on a surfboard, like, you know, I weigh like 180 pounds, all of a sudden these like five, 600 pound monsters, like 10 of them, come close enough to like almost touch you. It's a scary thing. Is this, is, and this I is hate, like twice this, a is, week. this is dark, but is this like the origin of like dolphin rape? Like, you've well, yeah, so I was I, just going to touch on that, that and I didn't thing, know right? if this was, yeah. I know that's a real thing. They I love that. having uh, intercourse with humans is that the, is that the case like you'll just be surfing along and all of a sudden you get some no double d's I mean, dolphin never, dick i've never had a dolphin approach me in that way it's actually probably just how trying do you, to scare you, you off like locals only right yeah, pull it, up it's just more the <laughs> idea that like a 500 pound fish or porpoise in this case gets close to you right. in the water and <laughs> right it's like a sea lion or a seal is basically like the biggest pit bull you've ever seen <sighs> yeah that can swim those are oh. those are scary they're super sea, sea lions sea lions are terrifying me, yeah. Deadly, lethal creatures. Yeah. Deadly, those teeth. Bro, all they do is kill penguins. You have to be a sick fuck to kill a penguin. Have you ever seen how cute a penguin is? Nicest penguin. Ni nicest. nicest. Animals, you know, yeah. they're gay penguins. They, and they have partners that's for mad. Life. That's mad cool. Yeah, nothing but respect for that. They're probably the closest animals to, to humans. Well, penguin? Well, well you know, there well. used to be a, you know, there used to be a, a human-sized penguin, right? Oh my God! You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know about the human size penguins? <laughs> no, but if I look at my bingo card of things we're going to be talking about on the impulsive show, that's the wild spot. Human size penguins <laughs> was like a square A one. Hey, so have you have you considered that? I'm not kidding. Have you considered the fact that there was once a human sized penguin walking around planet Earth? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What would you do? You know, it's like how much time of your day, like if you're conscious 16 hours a day, <laughs> sure. you're sleeping for it, 
How much time do you spend thinking about shit like this? A lot, All of that. A lot. Every because you got to think, I mean, Billy, you remember Billy Madison, mm. right? He uh, brought human-sized penguins into the zeitgeist of, no, of I, culture. I rem- you remember I, that penguin that, that used to fuck dude, with him when yeah, he would get yeah, trashed? Like, that was his biggest fear. fear. That, was the, that was the culmination of all fear. And then also in Fight Club, <laughs> oh, yes. his happy place was the penguin. <laughs> remember? Like... It's 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 just another part of culture touching on these important topics that exist in real life. Right. This is these are the issues facing people. <laughs> you said surfing's the hardest sport you've ever done. Yeah, I think so. You're uh you're super outdoorsy, beachy, active guy. I see you on the the super seventy threes, the bikes. I, I see try. you outside I running. I see I see you working out. Uh, have you ever slacklined? No, but you know I live in like the West Side. Like I live, I live in Venice right, right like, next so to all the all those like all my friends are like the hippie dudes mm-hmm. that like are super like acro yoga. You know about that? Oh yeah, we know oh, all it's about like, it. It's like um, what was that? What was that cheerleading show that was so good that was on? She's HBO the one. On? She's the next. No, she's no, no. the the cheerleading documentary. Yeah, yeah, that the was, series I, that was yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, I so it was like my girlfriend. Where they like throw it. each other like ten feet in the air, yeah. they do two backflips like. All those like type are all right where I live, and slacklining is a big part of like what their community does. But no, I don't. I've never got it. The, re- the reason I ask is because that it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. That's by far I can p- pinpoint that is the hardest activity sport I've ever really? done in my life. The problem was maybe that we, our slackline was uh, wired between two mountaintops with a three hundred foot <laughs> ravine and a hundred feet long. This is the first time you tried it. Uh, no, I, I did practice. <laughs> Well, you can imagine there's a difference when you're uh, about three feet high over sand. Right. There's a consequence. At, at Venice Beach. There's a difference in consequences Dude, there. I had a hard time trusting a rope that was a centimeter thick. A centimeter thick. They told me it has, you know, like 5,000 pounds of uh, pool strength. But I, I just like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm a, I'm like semi-logical. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. It was, a, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I love that you two could get into like a, a, a risk video dick swinging contest right he's like he's like what are you saying about things telling you because i actually got picked up by a drone on a snowboard and elevated above the mountain i had the same fucking issue where i was worried about something snapping too you guys have both done crazy shit you've done a ton of crazy shit case yeah whatever whatever it takes to get those views man you gotta if it's a flying drone it's a flying drone like slack line over three thousand feet bring well, it on what was the scariest thing you ever did um like in life or for a uh, video for a video you know, the thing is about for a video, and I don't know if this is the case with you, Logan, but like when that drone lifted me, I think at the highest, like 150 feet in the air, which is super. <laughs> that's like, insane. That's, yeah. Can you pull that? Can you pull that off? Um, when that happened, um, I was also like directing that video. It was like sure. that was, Samsung was paying for that video. It like yeah. cost a fortune to do it. You go to Finland. And really- Sorry, that was the drone that was picking up. We had, we, had to to, <laughs> we had to go to Finland. It was the only country that let us shoot it. It was our last day of wow. shooting. I had to get the shot of me flying. Um, so, like, fear wasn't able to come into the equation because I had so much, you know, so many responsibilities yep. in that moment. It's just like when I was hanging from underneath a helicopter on a rope ladder. Oh, yeah. Which, like, you know, like, weirdly enough, Logan, I think you've been in a similar position under a helicopter you were, before. Oh, you inspired that's right. me. You inspired me. But, I, like, I don't know. You're the only person I know who's also hung from a rope ladder underneath a helicopter. Like, the only hard, the only hard part of that for me was that we did two rehearsals, and like by the time it was go, I was like, guys, like climbing up and down a rope ladder is a tremendous expenditure of. It's like doing a hundred pull-ups each time, and this is the third time in sequence I have to do it. 
But even there, like fear didn't come into play because I'm trying to get the shot. I'm trying to direct the guy up in the helicopter. I had a camera in my hand. Were you nervous at first when you first climbed down the ladder for that shot? Like in concept. When we did it for rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all I was thinking about was my safety and the 10,000 things like the safety supervisor said to do. You were over land, right? Over land, yeah. I was over water. So at least I had, at least I had, (laughs) sure it was terrifying. But that drop was going to kill you no matter what. (laughs) What kind of harness did you have on um, I mean, so we did like the, I don't know what it's called. Like it was a full body, like diehard okay. harness. Okay. But then I had, um, you can't see it. Maybe you can see it in the video. But I had like the tiniest um, string that came through my wrist. Hmm. So I could hang from one hand. Okay. But if I were to fall, like in theory, that would catch me. I made a mistake. Uh, we made a mistake, not me, maybe the stunt team. And we did, a, I forget what the harness is called, but it was only a waist harness. Uh. And... I in part of that for part mistake. yeah for part of the shot, I lean back right and then let go let go with both my hands, let go with both my hands. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. Then I landed. I was like, wait a second, this hard. I could have so easily out, yeah. just slid slid out and fell four hundred feet onto water. Like who knows what would have happened? But that's yeah, um, like a, like a rock climbing harness kind of situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you know also that there's big and differing levels to this shit because I just saw you in David Blaine's video, right? Yeah, yeah. David's a maniac. And he rode some balloons to 20,000 feet. Yeah, I think he might have done like 22 or 24,000. Yeah. Like, the point is like, he was in like an area too where you can't breathe at that altitude. Right. You know, like I think up to 15,000 or something, you're kind of okay. But at that height, there's like not enough air right. in the air. Isn't that been? what he was training for? Yeah. When he did all the hypoxia and deep breathing and that's training right. that's for that. Right. Have but, you done uh, the cryo chamber, the cryo tank? No, but I'd like to. So uh, the place I do my sports rehab, mm. David was going there to train for Ascension. And the average human goes in the cryo tank for three minutes to recover. Three minutes, 30 seconds maybe. And it's it's not impossible, but it's also not incredibly easy right. like it's cold it's freezing negative negative 260 degrees fahrenheit uh david was training going in at nine nine minutes at a time how long do you go in three three thirty <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm trying to like recover my muscles not prepare for a stuff where i'm becoming the kid from up you know, <laughs> you know, you know so david and i made a video while well, i'm in his video where he's like teaching people how to hold their breath underwater yeah sure and in the video, the one that he published, I think I made it like three minutes and 30 seconds or something like that. But David and I, that was the second time we shot that video. The first time we shot it, I went to like four minutes and 34 seconds, oh, wow. which is so much more than three and a half minutes. Yeah. But his camera cut off halfway <sighs> through. So our, our guy Mac here is, is a, I know, right? He's an underwater breather as well. I can hold my breath for I've done four How? minutes and twenty seconds at least. Yeah, seriously, is that right? Yeah, without even like training with David Blaine, just being able to do it. What's your What's your PR? Like four twenty something probably. Yeah, right. Yeah, that time. I is it is is it? There's a technique to be able to it's, last. It's, is, is it a lung thing? Yeah, it's like, like just, beyond a technique. It's okay. like it's okay. like a it's like a trick. Like you have to condition your body. And as David explains, it's like. It's more about getting the, what is it, CO2 out of your lungs yeah. and just getting the O2 in. So it's like you have to do all that Wim Hof breathing where you're just like exhaling as aggressively as you can to get all the bad shit out of your lungs. Yeah, you know that feeling when you're like holding your breath for a long time and you feel like you're about to explode? Yeah. That's the CO2 buildup where yeah. you just have to let that out. So do you, right. Did you let out air slowly when you were going or did you just hold it all in? We held it all in. Okay. And you hold it all in because bubbles coming up is a sign that someone's drowning. Oh, so and that's how he explained to us. So like that was a big no no. Is like don't let out air. 
Hmm. Why? Because would they have come and grab you if you? It yeah. Was, so uh, like, as casual as that video, I don't know if you saw. Like, David posted a video of yeah. like, like a bunch of interesting people trying to hold their breath. As casual as that look, like David is a real pro at this. He's been training his whole life, and he knows what to look for. Like, you got to put your hands really gently on the pool like this. And when he's like, "Are you good?" You have to lift one finger up. And like my boy who was with us, blacked out. Yeah, and he's like a pro big wave surfer, and like he knows how to hold his breath. He's done this training before, and he passed out before we went underwater. But like no one noticed except for David, because David knew what to look for. Wow. And like grabbed him and was like, okay, recovery breathing, come on back, come on back, come sure. on back. He's an, he's an incredible human. I'm a huge I, fan. Huge, yeah. huge he's also, fan. He's also a good guy, just like a good friend. Call Absolutely. Day or night, always take your call. I got the same, I got the same impression from him. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. guy. We interrupt this programming to bring you our sponsor. If you're a male, and you're looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, and you want to be confident every time for sex, get to BlueChew.com. <laughs> BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. Check this out. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Since they're chewable, they can work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two. So this is a no-brainer. Basically, if you like sex, you will like BlueChew.com. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician consult is free. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Got a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first order free when you use the promo code LOGAN. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that is B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOGAN. Back to the programming. You've had so many cool people over the years. Is there, is there someone who stands out that you collabed with who was your favorite? That's like a, such a tough question. <laughs> who's, your favorite, who's your favorite kid, by the way? Tell us right now. I like the little one. You're like two <laughs> favorite person I've collabed with. You know, that, that's, uh, I don't know, that, that's super, super tough. You know, there's like, I look at somebody like Roman Atwood. Oh who like, Do we miss know, like, Roman so bad? Roman Atwood, I, when I was like, I think literally I crossed a million subscribers at his house. But he reached out to me out of nowhere, and this was five years ago, and he's like, hey man, come to Ohio. That's where he lives, right? Yeah. Yep. And he's like, let me like teach you the ways. And this is when he was pulling four million views a video, and I was doing 200,000. And it was just like the generosity of a guy like that. And he did, he taught me a lot. And it's like about how to use it. And then like, you look at somebody like Mr. Beast, and like Mr. Beast's approach, like Jimmy's approach to YouTube, I've never seen anyone like it. It's purely mathematical. Yep. It's like, I mean, he's, his videos are really fun, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of, of spirit and creativity there too, but his approach is entirely based on math. And I don't know, like what, what kind of fucking psycho genius. <laughs> Have you spoken can, to him? I, like talk to him I talk to him all the time. Safe to say the most brilliant kid you've ever spoken to I, in your I, life? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially like... Like one of the first times I ever met Jimmy, like we hung out in New York City and he like, we're having these deep conversations about like the nuances of YouTube and, yep. and social implications of it and all that stuff. And he's like, he asked me like super frankly, he's like, how do I learn how to speak better? How do I learn how to be more articulate? And I understood completely why he was saying that and why he was asking that. But like the, the confidence it takes in a person to both like recognize the value in being able to be articulate and then like to actually speak up and ask something like that. I mean, my response was just like, just read a lot of books. Like that's how I'm a fucking high school dropout. I learned how to talk from reading books. And like, 
but that was just such like such a, a clear illustration of where his brain was. His self awareness. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And his and his drive to be better. His drive to be better. And just like he's he is like a very good guy. He's very smart. He's so conscious of what he's doing. He has no accidents in the world of Mr. Beast. Like mm. he knows what he's doing when it comes to the platform. So like meeting someone like him is really interesting. Um, more broadly, like and I'm sure you experienced some of this too, like in the crazy, like crazy daily vlog days. But like when I was at the Academy Awards and I was there because I was a YouTuber mm. and like a brand wow. brought me to the Academy Awards. I was like in the winner's lounge. Like after you win, you all go to this like one lounge. And I'm like down there, like walking around like goofy fucking walking. <laughs> and like this like woman comes up to me and she was like, you. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and she like pulls up her cell phone and she's like, is this you? And she shows me a picture of myself. I was like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, oh. Of everyone here, my kids made sure I had to find you and take a picture of uh -huh. you. This is the fucking Academy uh -huh. Awards. <laughs> and this mom, who just won an Academy Award for producing a movie, is looking for me. And I just think like that is such a profound experience that like you're able to penetrate all the noise and connect with an audience, even if it may not be Academy Award winners, it's their children. It's like what a what a crazy entree into the world of entertainment that YouTube provides. You you've always kind of leveled up beyond the average YouTuber when it comes to the people that were willing to connect with you. I I met you in Nantucket years yeah. back. I was just a I didn't even have a YouTube channel at that time. I was just a fan. And you were there sharing the stage with I think like Deepak Chopra. Like I I don't even remember who else spoke at the, the, the time you did. But what is it about you that has always um, connected you and been the person that the Academy Awards chooses? Or, 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 you know, what is it that you do differently that sets you apart from YouTubers that vlog or YouTubers that make prank videos? Like, what, what, what's different about Casey Neistat? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm old, for starters. <laughs> You've been like, doing it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> just like doing it. Like, before YouTube, I was still doing it. And I think that, like, you know, like I started making movies in, like, 98 or something I was like a teenager and you just learn and like before YouTube I had to find other places to like do my like make my videos yeah. and tell my tell stories so I think that like there is a recognition of how hard it is to succeed in other places you know like my HBO show which was in 2010 like you can find that show on YouTube um, like it's just a vlog yeah but it was way before vlogging existed it was all I knew how to do so I put it on 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 HBO or HBO bought it then. Nice that brothers. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that like, you know, and then I made feature films and I made like regular movie theater movies. Yep. And I worked for the New York Times making movies. But really like if you just zoom back and look at all that, it's, it's all just fucking YouTube videos. I just put them in different places before YouTube became what YouTube was. But I think through that process, I definitely sort of achieved a level of attention from a very different audience. Like, People who tune into op docs, like opinion documentaries yep. on the New York Times, are not your typical YouTube subscriber. And that's like, you know, for, for years I used to make videos for them. I think I did five or six videos for them over three or four years. So all of that, and I just think all of those years of experience just has enabled me to connect with an audience that I think is, um, is not entirely typical for your more sort of standard YouTube mm -hmm. audience. I think I think your storytelling obviously is, oh, yeah. is one of your strongest suits, but your innovation, like your ability to adapt. How many people have been able to have the longevity career-wise that you have? You know what I'm saying? Like we see it, we're seeing it happen now. Some of these TikTok stars come in hot, go out even harder. The 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 fizzle is so fast, and it's been so cool to see you grow over the years. And it's it's interesting to hear 
you say that Roman Atwood was sort of your kickstart yeah, into vlogging. Because I remember when I started vlogging, you had just stopped. It was it was like you had paved the way after Roman. You had pay, you had paved the way for the the wave of vlogging that was me, Jake. Um, I'm not sure who else was crazy enough to daily vlog at the time because, as you know, that is incredibly toxic and uh, well, shit, difficult. I, but I feel like I have to apologize for the world now. <laughs> I'm the reason. Easy. I didn't say you were the reason. I said you paved the way. You know, Logan. There's a the the Logan Casey history is a story I don't think a lot of people know, but way back in the day when I was like first trying to figure out how to launch my tech app this was like 2013 um, Vine was the hottest thing and I knew that like I needed to work with influencers to like launch my product and I didn't have the social media presence then that I had now. and Jerome Jar was a dear friend he's like come out to LA let me introduce you to all these Viners Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And he brought me out. And like <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. That's <laughs> when it all went down. Like, all, all the viners were super young. Yeah. You guys were like maybe 18, 19, 20. Squirts. Yeah, young. And um, I had no YouTube presence then. So like you know like drones prancing around being like this is Casey he's gonna launch an app you should know him and like I understand like not everybody was excited about like meeting this like 20 year old fucking 35 year old guy who's about to launch some app and like you were so generous and you were so kind to me at that time like you gave me the time of day like you sat down with me you heard me out like you we, you I hung out in your apartment for like a day we like met a bunch of people together mm -hmm. and I I've always really appreciated that um but also within there, on that very day, and I don't know if you remember this, because there's also a journalist there interviewing you, had like a million things going on in that exact moment. But this is when you were living at, I don't know what the address was. 1600. 1600 Vine. Yep. Every Viner, which was the biggest platform out, every Viner in the fucking world lived in that building. Yep. <laughs> and I said to you then, I was like, you guys need to do a YouTube show right now. I was like, do a daily vlog. And this is when no one was daily vlog. This was like, Fun for Louie was the only daily vlogger. I was like, you guys just start a vlog, use this entire building as your set and all the Viners in here as your as your like talent. And I think like you, and I don't know who you were living it was, with. It was, it was me and Lance. Lance, Lance, Lance 210. We just talked as, about As this. much as we <laughs> poke at Lance 210, we love Lance 210. Oh, yeah. He's the reason I got into vlogging. Y'all want to get mad at someone, get him out of Lance 210. <laughs> <laughs> He's the reason. It was, it was me and Lance that were vlogging. And then and then Jake started. Is that right? But this was like four years before you guys started vlogging. Like yeah, 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 yeah. The opportunity at 1600 was so rich. Yeah. Because like in what world, I think even at the time MTV was considering a show mm. called Hollywood and Vine because those are the cross streets. Yep. Yeah. And that's also like such an appropriate title for a fucking show. It's such a good idea. <laughs> the problem was, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of maybe media companies or studios who, who try to do this talent first model, the problem mm. was we couldn't all unite. Right. We had individual goals and we were unwilling to drop those to 
form this group and this show together. Yeah. And I, that's why I never worked. It's one of those situations where, like, if, if any of the people who lived at 1600 Vine understood then what is commonly understood in the community now, it would have been a different equation. Agree. It was also just like the idea of a daily vlog back then was just that thing where like people talking to a point and shoot being like, yo, go to get some coffee now. Like it wasn't sort of the creative <laughs> outlet that vlogging has matured into. It's been so crazy to see the evolution of vlogging. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this because <clears throat> it fascinates me. I feel, I feel horrible for the next wave of vloggers. Uh, like, uh, you know who Alex Warren is? Yeah. Talk to the kid all the time. He's a friend of mine and I, I really believe in him. But I have to acknowledge that it's probably so hard to 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 really break through. Everything's been done. Everything's been done. We filled the pool with a million Orbeez. We built a giant uh, Lego structure and knocked it down. We've given away cars. We've given away money. Like it's all been done. So what is next for the YouTube vlogger? You know, I think the exact opposite. Yeah, Dead, we've like, been saying it. I think, no, I had this conversation with, with my friend Sam yesterday. I think that like the vlogging space is so wide open because if you look at like who the really successful vloggers were, um, and you say you count 20 of them, if you can count that many, they all fall into like one of two or three sort of genres of vlogging. You know, like Alex falls into like the David Dobrik sort of comedic skit vlogging like mm -hmm. you and your brother are sort of in and lance 210 like you all sort of fall into this sensationalist volume like category of vlogging which is like your life is so wild and that's why people are tuning in you know for me um it was much more about like here's here's my perspective on the world and then maybe the other category would be like this is literally my life which is just people sharing the, the specifics of their i think that leaves like this wildly wide open green pasture that doesn't necessarily adhere to any one of those really cleanly defined buckets. So, so there needs to be a new format? Uh, yeah, I think that like- But it, you'd agree that's hard, that's hard. That's the hardest thing to do. So, okay, so so it is hard, you're, you're saying. I, th I think it's hard, but you were, yeah, okay, so I, I understood what you were saying, is like, it's done, like there's nothing left to invent. I agree, I, it's, I agree it's wide open. Not easy. But the barrier to entry- Oh yeah, way higher. You can't just pick, you can't pick up a camera and fill your pool up with fucking Mountain Dew and get a million views anymore. Like it just will not happen. Mm -mm. But I think that like there's an appetite out there like the Kardashians is coming off the air. Like people still want, they want to see, they like they want to under, they want stories. I'm, they want to understand life. Like yeah. give the people that, like tell them a story. And I think people will engage like in a huge way. I think that like right now YouTube, so much of YouTube, especially the creator community feels so stale. So stale, and I'm, I'm not picking on anyone in particular. I just mean that it's like, like I think the last truly like revolutionary wave that I saw on the platform was Dobrik, like where you looked at it and you're like, holy shit, yeah, no one's doing anything like this. I've never seen anything like that before. And, but now Dobrik's been doing it for you know a, a number of years. He's still incredible. He's not lost his touch at all. Mm. But it's 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 no longer brand new. Um, and I say, I hope that doesn't sound like a dig. I think he's, he is absolutely brilliant. But like, what is the next evolution in sort of the vlogging genre? I don't know. But I just mean like, if we haven't seen anything new in that long, there's an opportunity right now just to figure out what that is. Massive. We'll leave it up to uh, you guys to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, all right. Because that, that wave is passed for me. That wave is passed for, is officially for you. It's passed yeah. for, for David now, it looks like too, at this point. It's, the it's, burnout that vlogging causes yeah. is... Tremendous. Nah. Is that why you stopped? 20, 2016, right? I mean, yeah. You know, for me, it's like, I think about it a lot. 
but it's like you put so much of yourself out there. I had a great conversation with Phil DeFranco about this because that guy's mm -hmm. been doing it forever. Yeah. But you put so much of yourself out there, you externalize so much of who you are that you land at this like weirdly existential place and it's like, shit, what's left for me? And I know that's how I felt towards the end. And like, and then like you start to just go through these motions of making videos that are less the sort of like intimate, sincere, genuine stories. And they're just like, you just plug it in the pieces so you yeah. can put content out because you start to get excited about things other than making great videos. You get excited about the money, you get excited money, about the yeah. fame, yeah. you're excited about the subscribers, like the constant ego stroke, like all of these things that in aggregate, for me anyway, in aggregate, none of those, like all those are a drip in the ocean and the ocean is like really sharing an amazing story. Like that's such an amazing, wonderful thing to be able to do. And when that was sort of supplanted, when that was removed and it was replaced with just like, post a video, get the views, post the video, get like, I started to not feel great about myself or what I was doing. And that's when you just have to like be honest with yourself and like, I gotta sort of hit the brakes, even if it's a very expensive decision to make. Sure. You know, you know who I think is great Dude. and I think is a new genre? Um, Jeff Wittig. Oh, oh, the barbershop? Oh, I just, you went on, right? Uh, dude, it's such a good show. Yeah. And you can see he's still getting better with every episode, which means he's got a long way to go. Yes. But like you've got long form, like your podcasts, and you break it up, and you put it out in pieces, and it's great, and there's a number of different ways to consume it. But I feel like Jeff has merged what is effectively like conversation with actual like a YouTube format in a way that's mm -hmm. really compelling. And as he like ramps up the comedy, he like leans into Jonah as like his foil. Yeah. You know, he's like, who is it? Conan had Andy Richter or whatever. Yep, he's like right. a guy who would sit on his couch. Like it's just, it's becoming, it's maturing into something that feels really rich. Like there's no talk show in the, in the YouTube community that doesn't follow sort of a traditional format. And Jeff's show is something really new. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. It's refre when I first saw it, I I, I really liked the format. I, I it's was a like, good I was like, format. You, you could tell right away. It's like there's something here. It's the It's almost the same model as like a carpool karaoke, where yep. it's like there's mm -hmm. a what's it called? What's that type of activity? Uh, menial, menial, yeah, menial, yeah, menial yeah, task, yeah, menial yeah, activity. Going on, yeah. Uh, while the uh, character, uh, the mm, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? The I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> uh -oh. Yo, but, but but also it, it takes a certain guest for that show because right. it's a very dry humor. I he just had me and my girlfriend on a couple weeks ago and it was too much for her. Like for me, you can he, all right. So I sit down in the chair. First thing he does is lean over to adjust the chair and a heroin needle falls out of his pocket in front of me. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came and Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My girlfriend looks at me like, and I'm like, just trust the process, laugh at it. it but it's it, certain people I don't think could go on that show. And no. be you have to be able to laugh at yourself in a major way to go on that show. I mean, he put me in his closet and he's like, make sure you stand to the left side because I'm going to cut the door down. And I was like, okay, cool. And I like stand to the left side and I hear a chainsaw start. Right. A what? gas powered chainsaw. And I was like, 
I'm gonna back up just a little <laughs> bit more. I'm like, and the door comes down with a chain like a spinning blade. But look, <laughs> did he tell you he's gonna do this beforehand? Or I wasn't worried. But uh, it, 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 right. it, it plays, man. It's good humor. It's like it's a good show. It's a good show. I think he's doing smart thing. He's a good interviewer. A lot of that humor is really, I think, really sophisticated. I'm a huge fan. He had he had one of the D'Amelio sisters on. I think I think it was Dixie. Yeah, Dixie was on. Um, and the Connecticut connection. There it is. Did you ever think that the biggest celebrity in the world would be a 15 year old girl from Connecticut, from Greenwich, fucking Connecticut? Dude? No, what a story. Holy Crazy. Smokes. They're they're the two of them. Like they're slingshot at the speed and acceleration with which they found success. But Logan, you brought up earlier like the life cycle of like a YouTuber and how mm-hmm. quickly you burn out and like how quickly somebody comes up and replaces you. And it's like if you think back, like all the way back in the day, like movies or TV, it's like you know, there would be like a movie star that has like a really good run that's mm-hmm. like five or ten years where mm-hmm. they're all the rage. And then like when it became like Britney Spears and like Paris mm-hmm. Hilton and like remember that? And then yeah. it became like oh, five God. or six years and they just sort of they had their and now with social media fame, it's like here today, gone tomorrow. Literally. Yeah. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It just means there's always a new kid in town coming out of nowhere. Like last June, who could have predicted it would have been a teenage girl from Connecticut who's a fantastic dancer. She's an amazing like entertainer. Right. But who would have seen that coming? And then a year later, she's got whatever, which she's got 72 million yeah, followers. Absolutely insane. Like in one year. Like that, there's no precedent for that. And where do we go from here? Do you know? Do you have advice <laughs> for, for, for... Is it behind those glasses? <laughs> so many people have skyrocketed so quickly. I, I am genuinely concerned about... Uh, like what they say, what goes up must come down. So what advice would, would you give to anyone in the past year who's popped off on TikTok? I mean, I, I, it's very generic advice, but I think that like you're a good example of it. Um, Dobrik's a great example of it. But like diversification matters. You know, like Logan Paul, what does he do? He's that guy who makes those crazy YouTube videos. And it's like, well, actually, no, he also has a wildly popular podcast. Oh, wow, he can also host. You know, he also has like a, a clothing line that did very well. Cool, now he's a subscription uh, thing. Boxer. Yeah, boxer, you know, like, don't forget. Boxer, <laughs> professional boxer. <laughs> Hip hop artist. Yeah. This <laughs> track, extraordinary. Diss track. <laughs> but I, I think that diversification is, is key. You've you done know? a fabulous job of that. Absolutely. You've done a Absolutely. fabulous job of combining media with business. Yeah, well, I've, I've always been interested in business. It's been it's been true, but it's also like when I take a step away from one of those things, I know that I can lean into the other. And it gives me a lot of confidence. You know, like I, I was really scared like when I stopped vlogging. Like, um, it, it's a weird thing to say because I've, like, I've been very financially successful in my career. But like when you turn off that, you know, when you turn off that income that is constant when you're when you're posting a lot of videos, it's a scary thing to watch your income go down. And just to have the confidence in your in in your other options is a really big deal. So when you see these individuals that are just blowing up right now, you know, like I love how. Like, you know, Dixie's making, recording music and like they're putting on a fashion line and doing a makeup line. Like they're really diversifying mm-hmm. what they're doing. So to me, like that feels like the right thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and I asked you a question earlier about what separates you. And I think you're talking about it right now. I think, I think the influencer or content creator's ability to diversify outside of the digital space mm. is the longevity security or securer of that longevity. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, he, he's talked about this dozens of times when he started boxing when he started exploring outside of youtube the confidence boost that that gave you when you walk in a room and what it does for you as a as a person how it represents you right it's 
you become a di- people look at you different. YouTuber, professional boxer. Right. There's a, there's an energy that you carry. There's do you still a, train? Uh, I do. I do. Not currently. Um, in the midst of an injury, but uh, too. But yeah, I, I still train. You want you want to spar? No. no. <laughs> um, no. I mean, I used to fight. I've been fighting my whole life, but I don't ever. Um, I'm like so scared of getting hit. Ooh, that's the thing. That's that's the that's uh, biggest. I, I see people. I go to the gym. I see uh, little highlights on Instagram, hitting pads, hitting the the speed bag, the heavy bag. Great. I mean, yo, we call them pad warriors. Like, yo, you can look as <laughs> fucking good as you want. Your hands can be that's as quick great. as you want until you get hit in the head. Like, re- really hitting the head. Have you have you lost time of your life because of a, a head injury? Like yeah. blacked out, yeah. unconscious from fighting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How I'm bad was trying- it? You know, it's like, you know this really well, but like when you're sparring, um, if you're sparring with a really talented sparring partner, all they have to do is touch you mm. and you know they got through. Mm-hmm. They don't need to knock you out. Mm-hmm. They ju- you just need to know your defense was down. When you're sparring with a weak partner, they're just trying to kill you. Mm. And I was sparring with a really weak partner and we were sort of goofing around. I let my guard down. I wasn't paying attention. He just clocked me in the head so hard. Temple shot? Yeah, temple shot. Um, like didn't break the nose but like gushing blood and it was that thing where it was like you call it seeing stars because you literally see oh, stars. Yeah. and the weird thing about seeing stars you feel the stars you know like those tingles are yeah, coming yeah, through yeah. your eyeball and it's just like it the reason why i don't want to get hit it's not because i'm afraid of getting hurt broken half the bones in my body but um my brain like take away my brain <clears throat> what am i like what, what am I left with? Like, I gotta make a living off this face? Like, it's not gonna get me there, Logan. Like, I need my fucking intellect. How much like more a, of a living do you have to make, Casey? Didn't you make a living from CNN in one quick yeah, check? Yeah, with look, the bean. When, when bean was bought, $25 million. I talked, to, I, talked to, I talked to Banks about this morning, and he said, is, is Casey still making videos? I said, he's still making videos. He said, didn't he sell the bean for C, to, to CNN for, like, uh... 25 mil or 30 mil like why is he on a boat somewhere with his family like fucking around um yeah i mean <laughs> you know i was actually on my my father-in-law just retired and he got himself a boat we were out on the, with the on the boat so he does here in ct here, here right? yeah, yeah yeah marina del rey nice. i mean there were like no strippers or champagne it was like my, my mother-in-law and like we had bagels the next closest thing <laughs> yeah bagels. We, had bagels. Was, yeah, we had bagels everything was, bagels really lock spread um but no you know like you can't I'm like really fortunate financially and like I'm able to appreciate that because I, you know, I, I came from nothing. So right. I have a real appreciation of what financial freedom gives you. But also like you stop doing for a while, even if you're not worried day to day about paying the bills, you start to like lose your sense of self. And I think that's why you see like the Warren Buffett's the world. Like how old is that guy? How rich is that guy? He's, he's still busting his ass every day. It's like that's what keeps you sharp. It's what keeps you alive yeah. as you get older. You'll see this a lot with with elderly people. The day they stop working is the day they start to fall yeah. down that scale towards towards death. That's you know, right. my, my my grand my grandmother worked until until she was in her mid eighties. I heard you just she's, play Sudoku, honestly, like crosswood. Yeah, it, that'll, it, it, like, just that'll keep you going. Actually, exercise the mind. Yeah, solve yeah. a Rubik's cube. You know, it's it's it's. it's <laughs> The difference is working or doing because you want to versus because you have to. Right. You know, like I, I, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been in a position where I only work because I, I want to. Like I enjoy it. Like I love it. Like making a movie, like that feeling when you finish an edit, is so satisfying. Um, it's just like like playing with a new camera. I still get excited about tech. Like 
check out this mini tripod I got off Amazon. It costs $43. I'm so excited about That's it. Like, it makes me really happy. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a satisfying thing. And to give it up completely, because like when I moved to California, I promised myself not to work for a minute so I could adjust to a new life. I like, you know, like six months into it, I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? Like, I'm fucking bored on the inside. And like, you pick up the camera, you start doing it again. And I'm, I'm very lucky to do it because I love it. You're creating for you. Yeah. This was the, the biggest realization and breakthrough that I had my whole career is when after the burnout, after the toxicity, after the what's next moment, I realized that the only, really the only thing that's going to keep me going to my fullest potential is is if I'm creating for me because I, I like it. I just enjoy it mm. versus being uh, succumbed to having to fulfill an obligation that an, aud- that an audience has right. placed upon you maybe indirectly but it's it's existent and so the moment the moment i switched my mentality and started like really just only focusing on doing the things that make me feel fulfilled and happy my life changed yeah joe rogan's another good example like there's no way that guy's not set financially like Mm -hmm. his he's the most successful podcast forever ever he still shows up still does it and you watch that podcast you see it in his eyes passion fucking loves yep absolutely he is not going through the motion in those conversations Mm -hmm. he's so engaged he's so curious and i think that like that's that's his thing like i think that if all the money was turned off like i'd still be showing up every day Would you want to see him host a four-hour uh, debate between Trump and Biden? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's like the most unbiased place you could be. It seems so interesting to have I mean, him look, in that spot. Joe or not, personally, I think he's the he's a, he'd be a great person to do it yeah. because I think that like the a lot of more liberal crowds see him as like a very strict conservative. But if you watch his show, you he's listen not. to he's not. Right. He doesn't care. He said yeah. he was going to vote for Bernie. Yeah, um, but just the idea of having a debate not be like a 15 seconds to say gotcha to the other guy and then right. the other guy gets 15 seconds to say gotcha to you. And Open it's like format. Just this idea of like letting two people talk across from each other for four hours, make right. it two hours, I'll still show up. Like that is fascinating. Yeah. And like we gotta make a decision here who we're gonna vote for and like give us that venue. Right. I find like, I don't wanna get all political, but like the, the, the I don't know if you watched any of the Democratic debates when they had like 16 people on stage and each person got five seconds yeah. to say something. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is how we're supposed to choose our next leader? Yeah. This doesn't work. It's, like it's all fucked pageant. up. Yeah. So when I when I saw that trending on Twitter today, I was like, hell yes, <laughs> I would love four hours of conversation. It'll never happen. Never happen. It'll never fucking happen. It's, you don't think, think so? No. It's not going to happen. Why too, not? Too nah. risky. What do you mean risky? Too risky. For who? I think Joe, Joe Rogan is a liability is what you're saying. No, no it's I think it's uniquely, I think it's uniquely too risky for probably Biden, Biden would have the most yeah, to trouble lose. With it, yeah. Trump also would have a lot to lose. Every time Trump sort of sits down for a big interview and it goes in a direction that he's not maybe planned for, you know, there's always a conversation that he has to then, I don't know if he's a Bob Woodward, who's like a big journalist, yeah, Bob yeah. Woodward took down Nixon. Yeah. He had an interview with Bob Woodward and Bob Woodward sort of backed him into, a, he didn't back him into a corner, but he asked him a question, frankly, and Trump came right out and he was like, yeah, I downplayed the coronavirus. This was just last week, right? This was last a week. huge, that, huge that's right. thing, yep. And I just think that like the people who are in charge of like a Biden campaign or a Trump campaign, they know that like if these, you know, if these guys are able to speak in an unfettered way, mm-hmm. it's just like the bigger net you cast, the more likely you are to sort of 
say something that maybe shouldn't be said. It's like it's like taking him out of a boxing ring and putting him out in the street barefisted that, with no right. fucking coach. But Mike, the, 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 unfor- <laughs> like, the unfortunate thing is for like us voters. We need that. Yeah, I like yeah. I, I, these cook these like cookie cutter messages and these like one liners and these like scripted teleprompter speeches. It's like how are you supposed to learn about a potential candidate? Well, I, the if, thing I'm the thing I'm the most sick of in this current cycle is I don't want to hear a candidate tell me what's wrong with the other candidate anymore. Yeah, and that, that got hot with Trump in 2016. Is, yeah. It got hot. It's went through its motions. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. I'm tired of hearing sleepy Joe Biden. I'm, I'm tired of hearing from Biden that Trump's a fu- I don't want to hear yeah. this shit anymore. You know what, it what are you going to do to reunite the broken fucking country that we live in right yeah, now? Like yesterday, I'm a big politics junkie. It's like all I do is read the news. But like a couple of days ago, Bernie came out and said that he thinks Biden should be spending less time talking about Trump and more time talking about how he's going to help low-income Americans. I, I agree. And it's, it's like, I don't know what the latest numbers are, about how many people are out of work because of coronavirus, how many people are struggling because of health care related to coronavirus. Like, that shit keeps me up at night. And I don't know what Trump's going to do to fix that. I don't know what Biden's going to do to right. fix that. And that's a really unfortunate place to be in. You took a little bit of a leap uh, in the last election when you came out and said that you were going to vote for Hillary. Do you, do you yeah. feel you have a political responsibility? A lot of influencers or personalities uh, tend to stay away from politics. But you not yeah, I, mean, right I, don't, I don't think it, it'll never, it can only, it can cost you. It's a really costly thing. And I think like for all the shit that I got for in that video, it wasn't because I endorsed Hillary. I don't know if I endorsed her. I just said I was going to vote for her. I think it was the way that I presented it in that video. Mm. Like when I made that video, I was really frustrated that no YouTubers were stepping up. Mm. Like this is right when like the Trump grabbing by the pussy video came out and it was like, now we're used to that. Used to oh yeah, that's nothing now. Question. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> common shit it's now. To grab him by the pussy is a is a twenty four seven thing like, now. But like you know, <laughs> I, to hear that and it was like, wow, this guy's gonna run for for president. Nobody's talking about this. Like I was, no, it was really hot. So I don't think it was that I endorsed a Democrat. I think that it was the fact that like I got really aggressive in that video saying that like YouTubers need to speak up. And I think the way that I said it was wrong and maybe unfair. But I think the general idea behind it is still something that I believe in. And I think there, there, there probably is a responsibility. You know, like I, I say, like, without any hesitation, like I'm voting for Joe Biden. Um, I'll sit here and, and critique the guy and say what's wrong with him for days. Cause yep. like, I'm not excited about voting for Joe Biden. I'm not. <laughs> does not. that does that piss you off that you're that you've once again ended up in a lesser of two evils situation? Yeah, like, well, how, how fucking frustrating? I mean, just like not to sound too cheesy, but like, imagine being inspired by a candidate. Imagine looking at someone being like, "Fuck yes, this is someone who cares about the things that matter to me and the problems that I see every day." I drove from Santa Monica to your house here in the Valley. You know how many homeless people I saw on the ride over? Yeah. How many times have you heard either candidate talk about homelessness? None. 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 So it's a really frustrating place to be in. And I do think that like, I think that Trump is uniquely bad. Like I don't, I really, really, really don't like that guy. Um, You said uniquely bad. I think uniquely bad. What does that mean? That means in the history, I'm, I'm 39 years old, like a presidential candidates and presidents, like the things that he's done and the things that he said, I think put him on another level in my eyes of like, like, I'm, I'm Jewish, like, very fine people on both sides. Like, those are fucking Nazis, man. Don't say that about those people. And I feel like that affects me, like, really personally. It hurts me that when that this is the guy who represents, like, this amazing country that we live in. So, no, I think he's, like, uniquely bad. 
that doesn't get me any more excited to vote for for Biden. The other side, yeah. yeah. And I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Like, I'm super fucking liberal when it comes to like women's reproductive issues and right. gay rights. Like, right. I'm as liberal as they come. But when it comes to fiscal issues, like a little bit more conservative. Would you call yourself a libertarian or? Not quite, but with some stuff, like I believe, I believe in like, you know, I believe in the second amendment. Like I'm, like I'm all over the place. I definitely don't vote on party lines. Like I wouldn't vote because this person's a Democrat. Yeah. Like John McCain, like John McCain, vote for that guy in a fucking second. Absolutely. Absolutely. A man of integrity. integrity. Yeah. You know, like even George Bush, who like, how crazy is this that we can now look at each other and say I would kill to have GW? To, I mean, would you vote? Would you vote GW over Trump and Biden this it, year? It's a little <laughs> problem. It's a little complicated because the guy led us into a massive conflict in the well, like a huge war. For sure. All right. So, so massive like, conflict a, in the a, Middle East there's aside. A, there's a strong argument that like he is he's like the worst war criminal ever because of All that right, war. Pull that part out. Pull that part out. <laughs> But what I was going to say is, like, I was there on September 12th, yep. 13th, when he was yep. like, standing on the rubble with that firefighter. And, like, at a time when the country was totally fucked up, like it is now with the coronavirus, like, he is a man who I, when you look into his eyes, I believe that he wanted to unite this country. No matter how much I disagreed with George Bush, no matter how much damage he did, like, I still believe he's someone who, whose integrity in his heart was in the right place. He was, he was at Nantucket Project, too. I got to meet him. He's, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. He said his favorite thing to do was clear a brush. That's what he loves to do. He loves to stay, hang on his ranch. With, with what? He's paint, a painter. Clear brush, just what with his hands brush? or with a rake. Like clear uh, clearing shrubs. brush. Yeah, clear brush. And like anything that rolls over the, like the roads. Yard yeah, yard work. He, he loves to, yard work. He used to do that as president. Yeah. It was pretty badass. Like yeah. seeing a senior president in a huge cowboy hat clearing Clear brush. brush. Like a, with a scythe, do you think? Maybe a scythe, maybe a, a some sort of lawnmower. Another person that stood on top of the rubble who was a motherfucking hero. Rudy Giuliani, would you, uh, would yeah, you, no. whatever your question is, the answer is no. The, I was, well, I was going to ask you, would you call it the largest fall from grace in the history of New York City? Yeah. And look, he did a lot of shit wrong. Like stop and frisk was Rudy Giuliani. He had a yep. lot of really damaging policies. policies, but also like the guy took down the mafia in like the right. late seventies and the eighties. Like the guy was, he was a real badass at one point in his career. So yeah, to see him sort of like speak a lot of the untruths, a lot of the, tell a lot of the lies so unapologetically that he does now, it's hard to see. It's hard to see. This is not a political show. So, so, <laughs> so and, and the fans hate, and the fans hate yeah, it. I can I, imagine. I, I, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, you're the guest. I, I, I wanted to bring this, bring this up to, uh, and we're going to really dive into this in a further episode. Are you keeping up to date on trending Netflix documentaries these days? Probably to a decent extent, I right? think so, yeah. Did you see The Social Dilemma yet? No, I haven't seen The Social Brother, Dilemma. Brother, you're going to lose, you're lose your, your fucking mind. So, what? so when the, did it come out? It, literally like last week. Okay, so okay. we, I've already watched it twice and it is, it, I don't even want to get too far into it cause we're going to on, on the next show, but it is all about the dangers of social media. Okay. The flip side of the coin that we have found to create longevity in our own lives and, and security and success, but what it is doing to the younger generation and more important to the conversation we're having currently, what it is doing to further divide this country. Yeah. Now I'm, I, from a non-biased standpoint, fuck blame it on Trump, fuck blame it on Hillary, whoever you want to blame it on. The fact of the matter is we are more divided right now as a country than we have ever been since probably the civil fucking war. Dude. It is horrifying, dude. And social media is a massive contributor of it to it because of disinformation. I made a word up for that. You know what agoraphobia is? 
Fear of. I actually do. Big uh, words. I, I don't remember fear, it right fear now. Fear of crowded places. Crowded places. So how about instagoraphobia? How many people do you know that are now terrified to log on, go online to share anything because they don't want to be uh, yeah. yelled at or <sighs> bad comments or all this random stuff? It's now the place where we are socially gathering. So now we have instagoraphobia. Yeah, I mean, like there's. Um, I, I saw. Uh, uh, you know, like those two cops were shot here in LA yeah. like two yeah. days ago. Ambushed. Like horrible. The most horrible thing horrible. ever. Like, God bless those guys. I hope they survive. Um, I think it was a, a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, horrible. Um, just terrifying story. Um, hope they kept the, catch the person who did it. Hope that person fucking rots in jail. Yeah. Uh, but as the wounded officers were being brought into the hospital, apparently there were some people there. Like shouting bad things at the cops. Blocking the entrance. Blocking the entrance. Yeah. Something. It was fucking awful. Fuck those horrible people. Yep. Um, those people deserve like the worst. If that's who you are, you deserve the worst in life. Yep. But by the next morning on Twitter, it was trending with like a half a million tweets. And it was aligning the actions of those horrible people that were blocking the entrance with the entirety of like the Black Lives Matter. Of course, of course. It's just an agenda. It's just an agenda and there are people. But you see like how quickly that accelerated to conflate those two things. And it's like, that's that's just as awful as like, you know, some stupid 17 year old white kid with a with a, an AR shooting two or three people, which is another awful thing. Like. That kid should not represent an entire community right. any more than these people who are blocking police officers should represent an entire community. But social media has enabled this sort of gross uh, association um, in a way that I think is really damaging and really scary, especially when you have an election that's like 60 days away. Crazy. And that's and I, I agree with you completely. I think that's probably one of the scariest things that we have to deal with right now is how people at large will do exactly what you said let one act represent and and i yeah. think there's and i think there's pundits social pundits like we had a conversation before the show started today about ben shapiro ben shapiro crowder and then the people on the left is on the left side as well who do the yeah. same thing and i think these people are simply fanning the flames yeah the, the trouble is it 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 like it works the more sensational and sort of loud you yeah. are about these things like yeah. often you're rewarded it's like it's not the like civil-minded, level-headed tweet that goes viral. So when someone says something fucking nuts, you know, it's like, who's the like most watched show on news? Like Sean Hannity, I think gets like the most insane viewership of anything, and he's a you know he's like wildly extreme positions, and it's like that's what's rewarded. Like people will always rather sort of look at a car accident than read a book. Yeah, we're a, like we're a, a sensationalized headline hunting culture. It's so much easier to read a headline and That's right. find an agenda that you think kind of fits yours and then hop on the bandwagon. And I think we've always been that way as a human it's, species. It's, it's human nature. It's but human nature. you combine that with what social media mm. can do, like what's ahead is really scary. You should definitely watch Social Media. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it is fascinating. Casey, it's, it's wild. Fascinating. One, of the, one of the stats they give on it too is that fake news spreads at a, at a rate of six, six times X. faster six than X. real news. And so it, it basically it explains how it. We're, I mean, rumor we're not surprised. Travel, rumor travels around the world before the truth gets out of bed. Exactly. Is that Six, saying? Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. Six times faster, and it explains the whole backstory of how uh, PizzaGate came to fruition yeah. because of, uh, people started talking about it, and the Facebook algorithm recognized 
people who believe in Pizzagate also believe in chemtrails, also believe in harp and anti <laughs> anti-vax. And they, Facebook started serving Pizzagate. So Facebook was in in the end partially responsible for Pizzagate getting some sort of traction. Is this all on the dock? It's all on the dock, yeah, and which which led now. which led to a guy going and shooting that's up that's the right. pizza place. And that's oh the shitty God. thing is like at the, the end of the line for all of this sort of sensationalism and and fake information being spread around is like people do get hurt. Like there's yeah. real consequences, yeah. and we're having to confront that now. And it's so scary. Let's talk about something fun. Yeah, yeah like, man, this conversation got real. No, well, it's, real well, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's impulsive, interesting. dude. You, we're versatile. That's I think that's our thing. How, how often are you posting videos? Uh, currently? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> once three, a year. <laughs> once a year. A vlog you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, maybe three times a week. We, if you would have asked me a month ago before I hurt myself badly, uh, it was six times a week. Three vlogs, two podcasts, and one exclusive content for Maverick Club. So it was a lot. It's a lot. Now, so I was gonna say, how do you maintain all that? Grind, grind, gr grind, grind, grind in a way where I I don't burn out. If I want to take a break, take a fucking break. Yeah. Take a break. And you know it's crazy. Like harping back on like Alex, up and coming vlogger, he texts me about it. Something he's like, yo, I, like sometimes I just I'm not feeling motivated. I'm not feeling creative. And while I I definitely encourage people to listen to their body and pay attention to their health and make sure you aren't pushing yourself and falling into that toxic hustle trap. There's a little asterisk I wanna put there for 18 to 22 year olds. I really do believe that is the time to put your fucking head down. When you're young. And grind. Yeah, when you're young and you, and you have energy. Like I, know, I noticed when I turned 23, things started changing. It took me a little longer to recover. You hear my this metabolism. Bro, listen, wait till I'm aging. Third, wait till you get to hey, 35, hey, right? I, there had to be an age where you were like, oh, whoa, like, age is, this isn't slowing down. Logan, I hurt myself and my, pulled my neck a couple weeks ago, and it took two weeks for it to recover. <laughs> this just Lo Logan, I pulled my neck while I was making coffee. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. I was shaking the sugar. Oh, no. I was shaking oh, yeah. the sugar packet, Logan. Shaking the sugar packet, and I was like, oh, no. Casey. Oh, no. Can it help me? No. <laughs> No, Danny, you remember this. I was putting on my shoe. I was putting on my very shoe and I go, oh no, oh no. Slip-ons from here on out. Oh, like, Case, it's bad. I know, <laughs> I know, no, it's, it's like, I'm genuinely scared of some shit now that I used to never be scared of. Like what? Like a lot of physical activity. Mountain biking. No way. You still no running? No fucking shot. I still run. I run cool. every day. Run what about, what about you're all, you all, you've been running for a minute. Yeah, yeah. So Long distances. I'm super fit. I really believe that, like, especially like since quarantine, I built a gym in my house. It's no Logan Paul gym, but it's a very nice gym. Mm. So I'm like working out a shitload, and I love that. But like, yeah, like mountain biking. Like when I moved out here, I was gonna get a mountain bike, and I like went out once, and I was like, yeah, that was super fun. But like, there was a moment where I hit the front brakes in an accident, and like, yeah, I'm not gonna mountain bike. Anymore. Risk <laughs> reward. You're still you're still road biking, right? Um, no, you're I'm not, not doing I'm, that either. I'm, my interest in that is gone because of being hit by cars. It's a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, right, right, right. how many times have you been? How many have you been hit? Yeah, my right leg is made out of metal. Okay, right. Okay, but how, right. how many times have you hit a car? Because we've seen that as well. Well, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was intentional. A funny story is like, you know, I used to race on a professional triathlon team. Like I used to be. A, that's all I used to do was race. And there was one race, like they travel around on a, 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 the officials travel on a motorcycle to monitor the bikers, make sure nobody's cheating, make sure everybody's doing things right. And it's a motorcycle who's driving and then a guy in the back who's just the official with a notepad, like right down who's, mm -hmm. 
And the guy cuts me off and I almost fall. Going full speed around a corner. And it stops at the corner. And I fucking flipped out on him. And then I won the race and I, he disqualified me. Oh my For swearing God. at him. What's his name? Jack Reese. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me now. Two points. <laughs> Two points. That's crazy. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I thought you'd like that story. That yeah. sucks. Do you ever have a... You know what's another big problem with, with bikes? People cutting bike locks off them, man. People cutting bike locks I showed, off I showed him that video never seen of you and your brother pranking the... Uh, the news station. The, the news station, the, the, yeah. the, She was upset because practical jokes weren't really a thing back then. No, that was like like pranks that have never really been my thing. But that morning, I just the story there for the viewers at home is there was this very like embarrassing but also kind of fucking hysterical video <laughs> where my brother Van and I, like we were kids, we were really young. Um, we were like in our early 20s, we were on local news. And they wanted us to demonstrate how to cut a lock. And I put a ketchup packet in my hand and like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber pretended that I cut my own throat open and I flipped out and she lost her shit. Why was she so mad? Okay, so I think that I think that she just like I think she was probably dealing with some other shit. Yeah, it seemed like her reaction was wildly not expected. But the reason why we did it is like we were having our egg sandwiches that morning in the green room. And this woman was like really, really rude to like the PA. Her, her, that, yes, that woman. Yes, yes, right. in front of us. And it was just like in that moment, my brother and I were like, you know what? Let's, let's get a I reaction. Love, let's get a reaction. There's nothing like a yeah, good fire no, reaction. Just, like, I have to say, like in my old parent maturity, it's like I no longer really like any jokes that are at the expense of another person. Same, yeah. And that's why, like, that, that one there, like, like iPod 30 Secret. That was a joke, but it was at the expense of Apple computer. Like they can take a joke. Those right. guys can handle a hit. Um, like bike lanes. Like yeah, the, <laughs> the cop shouldn't have written me the ticket, but ultimately like, I was it was very self-effacing joke. I was the one falling off the bike. But like this one, we like pranked that lady, whether she deserved it or not, is up for her argument. <laughs> she flipped out. But like I, I still I harbor guilt from that. I actually made another video that didn't get any views that was like an apology for giving her such a hard time. Really? Yeah. But she's uh... I don't know how much sympathy, sympathy I have for like the no fun club. No, sure, she you flipped know? out, but like even so, like we were not. I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm like, come on, I'm like a conservative guy. Like I don't, I don't want to hurt. So I felt like the idea that I hurt her feelings, like it bothers me. 15 years later, did you have a uh, a punk face? What's a punk face? Like where you were just troublemaker, trouble little rebel rouser. Um. Yeah, I thought you meant like punk rock days, right? No. Like, where I had like a pink mohawk. No, like definitely like... Did you have one of those? No, never had that either. Okay. Definitely like like high school. Like right, you know, like I, I, I had a baby when I was 16. So like the, the time where I had to embrace responsibility happened really early for me. But like teenage years, like my parents got a divorce when I was like I think 12 or 13. And in between that moment and the like knocking my first ever girlfriend up, I was really fucking bad. Like really bad, like all these scars on my hands—they're all from fist fighting in high school, and like I can't—I just can't picture you in fist fights. Yeah, I see, I had a lot of fights. I was like a really angry kid, really angry, because I got like made fun of a lot when I was really young. Um, but I was always a fucking scrapper. Nice. And then like I went to a school that was like—I mean, I'm sure the teachers were trying their hardest, but it was not a great public school was that was it new london or no so i went to ledgered high school which oh, was not Ledger. a bad school but it was right when the casino started. Fox Swords, yeah. so the school was flooded with sort of you know kids from out of town that were getting these huge checks from the casino so they weren't super motivated to engage in the school and the teachers were overwhelmed and you have all these new kids from out of town that the teachers like 
you know, like they don't know how to cope with these larger class sizes and stuff like that. And then there's just like a kid like me, his parents are going through a divorce and, you know, I'm just a bad kid fucking to begin with. Like I'm one of four kids, I wanted attention. Um, I don't want to put any of the uh, responsibility for my bad behavior on the school, but it was just like the environment was conducive to me being a bad kid. Like I ran away from home. Yeah, like caused a lot of trouble. How far did you run? Pretty like, far. Like as far as you He's run now, runner. 12 miles a day? <laughs> no, I made it way further. I can I can probably give you a number. I, can I, I think I went like probably 800 miles. Like you I, ran, where'd you, you really go? ran? Where'd from, you go? <laughs> from, I moved to Virginia. <laughs> like when I was like 15, 14, yeah. That's, do you pack a toothbrush? I left, I took <laughs> cash, all my cash, because I was like, um, I had a shitload of money then. I was like selling dime bags. So I was like a 14 year old. And my box fan, like I, I still sleep with a fan on. Like I couldn't sleep without a fan. Because the noise of the, the, the feeling of the wind. The White noise. noise. Yeah, I need the noise. It's like Why don't you just do the the phone? The phone, like. Phones didn't exist. Yeah, there was phone, no such oh, thing as phones. Yeah. So we brought yeah. a box fan. Box fan. Look, yeah. this was like 100 years. They weren't the, the wheel hadn't been invented yet. Like, um, yeah, so like when I left home, I left with like what cash I had and the box fan. That was it. Okay, I, I and and, a, and a, a baby mama. No, this is before. This is way before. I said I lived with my parents. I was like a freshman in high school. Did you have the. Wow. Did you have the. Stick with the bag. I always thought when I was a kid that if I leave home, it it will only be if I have. It wasn't far from that. I mean, if you can picture like the posture that you walk and you carry a box fan, like it looks like a briefcase. Right. Like imagine nine o'clock at night in a school, like seeing some kid walking down the street with a fucking box fan. Right. And like that was me. And it was in February. It was like really cold out in Connecticut. And I just like left and never, ever moved. Like to this day, never moved back. Wow. Never moved back to Connecticut. Never moved back to my, with my parents. Right, right. Um, I used to like go back and steal food. Like when they, when I knew my parents would be out of the house, I'd like go back to my parents' house and I'd like take food and then leave. Yeah, she definitely had a definitely had a phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I go. You have a punk face. He's like, what's that? No, yeah, this yeah. this sounds like it's not squeaky clean. Yeah, no, but, but it wasn't just like it wasn't pure rebelliousness. Like okay. there was like some genuine. Like, I was definitely going through some fucking for sure. trials as, like, a kid, yeah. For sure. And for the story, like, it manifested in different ways. You know, like, my brother, my older brother then had left for college, and he just sort of, like, divorced himself from the situation. He was very mm-hmm. lucky to be able to do that. My sister was a year older than me, so when I was 14, she was 15, she had a car, she was able to just escape. Like, my little brother was kind of stuck there. He was really young, he was stuck at home. And, like, you know, he went, immediately got out when he could. He joined the military, like, so we all went in different directions trying to sort of run away from, like, a... Um, what was challenging? It was just a divorce. Like kids face much worse shit every day. But it was still. It was like it was a difficult thing for. It's not an easy pill to swallow. By yeah, yeah, it's difficult. It's did, difficult. Yeah. did any of that? Did any of your upbring, upbringing like inspire you to uh, to work out to exercise? Like I, I, I'm always like genuinely curious when I see you post these pictures of your 12 mile runs, 14 mile runs. Like I'm like, yo, doesn't he have things to? Dude, that's so far. That takes so long, and it's so hard. Like, how 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 do your <laughs> shin survive? Where does it come from? And most importantly, why? The running, you know, I don't. Now, very explicitly, I, I run to be alone. Like we were talking about surfing earlier. Surfing's the same kind of thing. It's just like you get to be alone. Um, but running for me is just like fuck. I need that. Like how I do it now is I get up. I get up every day. I get up at four forty-five. I'm out the door. You're one of those. Yeah, I'm yeah. out the door at 5.30 because I have to be back. The kids wake up at like 7 sharp. Like this morning, I can show you my phone. I get a text from Candace at 7.02. Where are you? 
So it's two minutes. Oh, later. shit. Because the kid's up at seven. Like, we have a really good deal. She has to put them to bed, but I have to be there in the morning. I'm up anyway. I don't mind. And putting the bed's a nightmare. But, like, so that's every day. But you then, have a schedule, too, though. But that's my schedule. <laughs> okay, okay. This is different. Like, okay. there's, no, there's nothing external coming in. Okay, okay. That's, like, me being, like, this is my priority. And right. I love that. I love that. What time are you staying up till at night? Like, not like 11. 10, 30, it's a long. Day. It's a pretty long day. It's, it's a, a good day. day. Yeah, yeah. You got like five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep. Yeah, and then one day a week I try not to wake up. So like yesterday at all Sunday. <laughs> well, like I, I, I sleep till seven. Right. So that's no a.m. Oh, that's that's an early morning for but that's, us. That's an yeah. extra two hours and fifteen minutes of sleep. Caffeine, so like, caffeination. I'm a huge yeah. coffee like, guy. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. But right. Man, I, like if I could mainline coffee, I would. Like caffeine is my favorite drug. Dunk, I, Duncan. I'm not much of a dunk guy, even though I'm from New Come York. Come on, do you, do you know that caffeine was a performance-enhancing classified drug until, like, 1987? Really? Yeah. Because, like, when I used to race, I had a whole caffeine system. Exactly when you take it, so you have the peak effect from caffeine. Yeah. And it would, like, in- increase your performance by, like, a significant, like, an absolutely marked amount of time. In my adult life, I discovered, ca- like, really discovered caffeine it's special, and, right? and the effects I, I hate that it I agree with you like I really hate that now I a person who once never drank a cup of coffee ever and like adamantly live by that because I'm so proud that I was able to just do my day with no uh, added substances in my body every day now I drink one to two cups of coffee I'm on two today today is the first day I drank two th- two cups of coffee in the morning it's slippery slope the slippery slope yeah I drink that's about you want to know how bad my addiction is? I drink instant coffee. Oh, what is wow. instant coffee? Casey. Here's, wow. Let me explain why. No. I'll hear you, but what, what, I don't need you. I don't expect you to agree because I am wrong and I own it. Okay. All right. The caffeine, all the amount of caffeine in instant is off the charts. Right. But here's the real reason why I, I drink. It's the quietest way to make coffee. You've got two babies. You're getting up to go for a run. If one of those babies gets up, your whole day is shot. Yeah. The quietest way to make coffee is instant coffee. What about a French press? It's pretty quiet. A French press is pretty quiet, but it's a the time is almost double the amount of time it takes. It is not instant, so I get that. Bro, these are things <laughs> you don't think about when you're not a dad. I'm like literally oh, like, wait a second. He has to he has to be quiet in the morning, so his kids, his babies. Don't wake up. You cannot be loud. And now this is all making sense to me why you say you never want to be a dad. Because that, impo- that would be impossible. You'd be running around the house screaming, making coffee, kids waking up. Yeah, it's going to be, tri- be tricky. It sure. may not ever happen I, I'm actually, to you. I'm actually having my first uh, Baby. little trial with it right now. What are you saying? With parenting? What are the, we talking about? The, we got a, uh, a French puppy. bulldog. A puppy, yeah. Yeah, oh. a French bulldog. Uh, Michael. His name's Michael. <laughs> hey, hey, Big Mike Jr. And when he falls asleep, it's very important that he stays asleep because he has severe se- separation anxiety. He misses, he misses his mommy. And so when he wakes up, it's for, for as long as he can go. And so when he's, so now when I, so now when I get up to piss in the middle of the night, fuck, I'll fucking sit down on the toilet. No, 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 no. Wait, why? What is it? It's wow, less, less sound mean? like in the room with the piss hitting the water. It's like a closer proximity to the water. You look me in the eyes right now and tell me you're serious. I'm serious. It makes less sound. I I don't know what to say. What is Bro, it? Aim it towards the edge. We're men. Oh, We're men. I don't know. I haven't really you thought a lot aim. of it through. Precision. It's the you best, guys know it's I'm, the not, best part you guys know I'm not really good at aiming, dude. I'm, I'll hit, you know. Just shoot and spray. Yeah, I'm spraying, spraying, pray. But like, yeah, you start to do these things that reduce 
fucking sound. So you don't wake up someone that could make a serious hassle and in your life. And destroy your world. And destroy in, your in, life. In that moment, can destroy your yeah. world. Yeah. Destroy your life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. That's my it's my first test. Bro. You're making me real excited to be a dad. I, I hey hey I got a question. <laughs> How come no family channel? Um, it's putting the kids out there. Like I, my kids are in my videos, my kids are in my photos, but like I don't show their faces, and I try my best to make it so it's sort of hard to invest yourself in who they are. Um, I don't want people to feel like they know my children. Uh, and yeah. I got nothing but love for people who have family channels, for people who, who, who found a place that that works for them. But for me, it's just like fame and notoriety like has really um, taken a toll on me. Like I'm super fucking weird. Like I gotta go to therapy. I got crazy social issues. Like I don't, I don't, I like go out to dinner is my biggest fear in the world. Like go to a party like no fucking way like let's go to Soho House Malibu like I would rather sit in a 7-Eleven bathroom for the afternoon than go to Soho House Malibu and have someone come up to me and be like hey Casey we have a mutual friend in common like that is my biggest fear I have a new app coming out always that it's my single like that moment my heart like I'll run a marathon and keep my heart rate under 110 in that moment my heart rate will be 160 like it is a panic. Did that you, has to happen all the time. If that happens to me a lot, I can't imagine you like an yeah, established I mean, actual so, businessman. So I, don't, I don't go out. I don't like. I don't want to meet new people. Like like last time we were out, no shit. Last time I remember going out was like for my daughter's school fundraiser. I was there for ten minutes, and then Candace looked at me, nodded her head. That meant can go now. I ghosted. She was there for three hours. Yeah, I was there long enough for the teachers to see me, wow. and I was happy to to be there. I was not happy to be there. <laughs> no, 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 let me think of another way to say I understood why it was important for me to be there. I love the school, wonderful people, yeah. wonderful parents. But the idea of like meeting all new people, shaking hands, what do you do for a living? How do you like the school? Like it makes me fucking panic. So you like <laughs> but you're not an introvert or are you are I think I'm probably definitely an introvert. Okay, because this man loves to be alone. Of course he's yeah, an introvert. Yeah, but, but this is also the guy who Puts himself out there for millions of people to yeah, see, and and not to mention the public speaking, the, the business meetings. You know why? You know why I like that? Like that? It's just me in my room editing. Public speaking, like I can walk onto a stage and and there can be. I think the biggest audience I ever spoke to was like six thousand people, without a script. I could like you could put an EKG on me, my heart rate would stay totally sure. level, nothing. When that's over, if someone comes up to me and it's like, great, now we've got about fifteen people backstage that want to meet you. Fucking terror! I'll turn white and try to figure out how to get out of there. Wow, yeah. it's that connection with other. Yeah, ha- so, like, so yeah, you must like, love yeah. the Streamy Awards. I saw you at the Streamy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> those those situations, but like when I was at the Streamies, I had like a really specific agenda there. I was trying to film something. Right. So it was like all heads down just to capture that one thing. Not a big deal. Do what, you, what about what? I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. It, I, I'm, I'm just like genuinely curious. No, I'm no, always no, no, uh, no. curious how creators. But you, like, you had asked me about Family Channel. The point is like, yeah. I was never like this before, and I think a lot of this has to do with my like naivety about fame like I always thought like I never wanted the fame I loved making things and like you know like the number one validation or the metric of success when you make something creative is how many people choose to engage with it mm-hmm. that's a quantification of the success the fallout the re- result of that is like an insane amount of fame that I never really felt like I signed up for even though of course I did and it's just like it, it messed with me so when it comes to my kids the idea that like I make the decision that they're going to be famous is just seems something that like I don't want to put that on them. Owen's old enough. Owen's twenty two, and he's like, "Yeah, let's make a video. We make a video." The babies are just like they don't know what they're signing up for. How old are the babies? One and five. 
it, maybe I'm just trying to like provide some logic here. So maybe there's something. Is there is there uh is there maybe a window where it is somewhat acceptable to vlog your baby until he becomes like truly like sentient and conscious? Yeah. yeah. And, and then you Absolutely. say like, oh, now this is like a, a fully fledged human like one, senses and one was when we stopped putting Franny. Got it. Videos. Okay. Okay. And okay. I think that was way too late. Georgie, it was wow. Georgie. It was one week. Like when Georgie was born, I made a video of him holding her and you can see her. And then that was the last time I ever really put her in. Wow. But look, I, I put a video up yesterday. Like, you can see the kids running around in it. I'm having a conversation with Franny. Mm. But, like, um, they're never the sort of the focus of it. You see the back of their heads. It's important for me, like, being a dad is such a huge part of my life. But, like, to try to share a story from my life without including me being a parent as part of that feels disingenuous. So I try to make it about me being a parent, not getting to know these, like, these little kids. It's crazy because you've inspired so many people you've been a wave maker in the space for so long now um your do what you can't campaign was awesome awesome brilliantly executed um it's crazy because you really are like a brand expert in a youtuber's body and that's your crossroads and i definitely think that's the niche you fill so i i just can't imagine the amount of people who want to come up to you and just uh, pay you a compliment yeah, Casey, you inspire me, yeah. and, and still, it's you go inwards. I mean, like the yeah, like this happened two days ago, and I feel bad because I guarantee you this kid's gonna hear this podcast. But um, <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine who's a very successful traditional filmmaker contacted me. He's like, "Look, great kid, lives near you in Venice, just wants to have coffee with you." And I had to write him back, and I was like, "Dude, I'm really sorry, I can't." Um, and then he's like, "I understand you're busy," and I was like, "I responded." Yeah, I was like, "I'm not busy." I'm doing nothing. I just don't have it right now. Like, I can't. I don't want his email. I don't want to, like, I hope he succeeds. I just don't. I appreciate that transparency. I really do. I, there's nothing worse. We talk about this all the time. There's nothing worse than being ghosted or just, like, straight. Like, you had the 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 balls and confidence to, to say, look, dude, this just isn't Only me right Only because I love the intermediary. Like, the okay. second half of that story is I was surfing with my i think my kid brother two days ago in venice and like i don't like to ride my bike home with my wetsuit on because like it's just fucking Rash disgusting shit, yeah. it just shit grows in there so i like, rinse off at the public showers and like and then i put my clothes on and as i did that like i put my clothes on and i'm strapping my surfboard to my bike this guy comes up and he's like wait 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 do you have five minutes i was like absolutely not no i don't be fucking nuts and then he's like wait one second i'm like what's going on do you want a picture um, in a really nice way, like, not, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to sound dismissive. I was like, what's up, man? It's nice to meet you. I'm just late to get home to my kids. And he was like, dude, I contacted you through a mutual friend. He was like, and he said you were too busy. And I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Oh, it was the kid. It was the kid. Oh, and he was oh. like, how do I reach you? And I was like, Ugh. and this is where I should have just said, I just don't know how to say it. Like, what am I going to say to him? I don't want to fucking, like, I can't handle this right now. Like, how do I say that? You say it. You, I, I'm not even kidding. But Transparency. Like, I can't handle this right now. <laughs> no, no, just to be like, be like, yo, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd love to give you the time. I'm just not in a phase of my life where I'm so uh, apt to meet and talk with strangers at length. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm, Logan, you're so right. You are so right in the way you just said to me that I would accept that. And I would appreciate you for whatever reason. Oh, no. In that moment. No, I mean, in that moment, like the panic sets in and it's genuine fucking panic. That's crazy. All my head goes to one place, which is how can I end this as quickly as possible? And it's always the same. It's like, bro, just email me. He's like, I've emailed you ten times. You're like, just email me. You say it again. Like you're just panicking. Like, just email me. Like, just, just email me. Just email me. me. Just email me. Please, just fucking. That's where is it? Where is it? 
boiling from? Is it is it anxiety? Yeah, is it's, it, it's a crazy anxiety. So it's an anxiety, and you're working on this through therapy right now? Yeah, and I think, like, to get all a little bit, like, reductive, it's like, um, I just like to make these videos. I love to put them out there. Right. Like, I love to stand on the stage and share a story. Like, I love to post a picture on Instagram. I love the little Instagram story. Like, I love this idea of sharing. Yeah. But then, like, when people come up and they say, you changed my life, and... I want to do this because of you and will you help me with this? It's like, I just feel like like that is not why I do this. And that maybe that's such a fucking asshole thing to say and as I hear myself saying it sounds like a bad, but it's just like that's not the part of it that I want to do. Is it is it the feeling you get when, because like for example, if you're at Outback Steakhouse and so a big crowd of people come up and start singing happy birthday to you. That's do you, fine. Totally oh, you fine. feel you're okay yeah, with that? Yeah, totally fine. So you think it's just the pressure of someone putting yeah. all that weight on yeah. you of it's, like, it's yo, like, you have... The minute I look at somebody and they look at me like I'm not a person, ah. I fucking lose it. Like, I know you know this, Logan. You can, at a millisecond glance, you're like, that person knows my videos. Uh, oh, knows absolutely. They're fan. The minute I catch that, like the anxiety starts. I'm just into uh, respect. That's all, that's all I ask um, for people who approach me. Mm. I'm sure you've been beckoned, right? You're, yeah. walk, you're walking by, someone goes, hey, yo, Casey, come here. A stranger. How fucking dare you. <laughs> I, say, I say to these people, I go, why don't you come here? Like, I'm not a dog. I don't like follow commands from people who I don't know. And um, when I'm eating dinner, yeah, please, please, just that's the one. That's that's my sacred time. But the tough thing was my... like this kid that came up to me. Like I don't think he was he was being respectful. Sure. And I still have a tough time now. That that one's tricky. That's where I honestly I honestly can't relate. I, I can relate to not wanting to do it, but like I. You know what it is? It's as long as it's respect, it, I, I'm I'll, I'm happy to reciprocate. And I do try to be respectful. And I say email me in a respectful way. What's disrespectful is the fact that I'm, I'm, I don't mean it. I'm not going to email you. Yeah. We're talking through time. I just want to get out of the situation as painlessly and as quickly as possible. And I, it's a, look, this is my burden to bear. Like, I should be flattered. Like, it, it's an honor that these individuals, like, but I'm in that position. There are filmmakers that like, and people that I look up to in such a way, I see them as gods. Right. You are like, there's a Beastie Boys documentary on Apple yeah. Plus. It's I look, I look at those guys like they're dainties, man, and they're just bros from Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and like, those guys are heroes of mine, heroes. So like, I understand it. Like, I understand where this kid's coming from, and I'm I'm honored that he feels that way. But when it comes down to that physical interaction, I just lose it. Well, it's a tough conversation to have too. Yeah. It's a ment mental health and, yeah. and conversations having to do with, with illness is, is not an easy, like, you know, yeah. many times I've wanted to be like, yo, I'm, I'm having really bad anxiety today. I can't talk to you. That's not something people are used to hearing. Yeah. How do you, how do you respond to that? Right. And then you're putting them in a position where they're, maybe they have anxiety now, yeah. you know, like maybe you've sparked that. Yeah. And it's like, now, <laughs> now they feel guilty versus just like, bro, here's my email. And then the situation's over. I'm not trying to justify yeah. it. Yeah, I, I listen. I get it. I yeah. get it. Trust me. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, real talk. I had, I had an entire tomato sliced raw. <laughs> I had four ounces of chicken breast, three egg whites, and I don't know what the volume is, but like an entire one of those tubs of spinach. Health freak. <laughs> Well, it's just, no, I'm not a health freak. It's my mostly subside on candy, but I have that breakfast every day uh -huh. because then like the whole day I'm just good. I hate food. 
I'm like the opposite of a foodie. If there was a pill I could take and never have to eat again, sign me up. I say same. this all the time. Same, same. I, I hate it. Yeah. So like what's something that I can eat that positively won't give me fucking explosive diarrhea, yep. that I won't feel sick, that it won't like put me to sleep. And like that's like pure, I don't know what's in all those ingredients that I just said, but they're all like whole foods. They don't make me feel heavy or Spinach, sick. chicken, egg whites, and a slice of tomato. And tomato. Like if the tomato's not in there, the whole balance gets off. I don't even like any of those foods I just said. Like none of them are interesting. But together. Combined. No, like I don't eat it and I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like this morning was a burden. Like I was running out of the house to come here and I was like. Fuck, I gotta eat. Like, ah, yeah, because I run. I've been up since 4.45. What about the candy? What about the candy though? Well, that's like late afternoon dinner where it's like watching. What kind of candy? Casey, what kind of candy? All, all, all of it. Surely Come there's on. a, like, like a, a chocolate, so yeah, candy. sour, chocolate, wafer. Like, sour's not my thing. Okay. No Sour Patch Kids. Well, oh, oh well, I'll eat them. Yeah. But that's not what I'm going to pick if I get to choose. I, I like like chewy, gummy. That department's really exciting for me. Okay. But I'm also a really big fan of like, you know, Kit Kat, Twix. <sighs> Mall balls, God, Whoppers. Whoppers. Snickers. Whoppers, I find that like they can get in the teeth too much and yeah. it slows down your ability to too really much consume malt. at speed. Oh. <laughs> oh, so you're a gorge, okay. gorge candy. Here. Yeah, there's there's no, there's only one amount and that's all of it. Oh. That's how much I consume. One of my favorite activities is going to like the grocery store nearby and ever since of COVID, you know, they pre-package all of like the donuts and the pastries. Yeah, sure. So you don't have to like, the decision is much easier. You just take it. <laughs> that I really enjoy. Yeah. So no, I'm not healthy at all. But my breakfast, my day always starts that way. But by like seven o'clock, it's like I'm gonna be asleep in three hours. I'm gonna give a shit if I feel that the rest of the day. But I don't wanna have to do twelve hours of feeling sick. I'll deal with three hours of feeling sick. Spinach used to always freak me out because I'd 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 pour the bag on the pan and then, and then I look back and there's a dime size nothing left pile so worth of withered spinach. You're left with what Casey used to sell when he was fourteen exactly years old. Right. Dime bags <laughs> yeah. of spinach. How you take your socks off? Um stomp left, stomp right. Stomp left? Yeah, you know, like, stomp the left foot, slide it off. Oh. That's a new one. No, I've heard, I haven't, I've I haven't heard, heard that. that. What's your, uh, what's you your don't use your hands? No. Did you wow. always do that? I'm or so is that, did you always it. do it that way? Because that's the way a 35 plus year old would take their side. You don't have to bend over. Yeah, I don't want to take that risk. That's what I'm saying, because you can easily pull your fucking neck. Myself. That's what I'm saying. You know what I, mean? I don't want to hurt myself. What's, what's your favorite non-tripod tripod? Um... Well, it was that bendy thing that I used to use, the joke. No, I'm saying it's not a tripod. You got to get crafty. You got to put the put the camera on something. What are you looking oh, for? Oh, my shoe. Okay. Yeah, nice. So if you look at like, I always have these like sexy, topless, flex, sweaty photos of me when I run. Yes. You got to put that out there for the bros. You, you have know? to. I've yeah. seen them. Cycling um, too. Yeah, Cycling yeah. ones too. Uh, big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they always look like I have somebody take them. You just use the self-timer on your iPhone and you stick the phone in your shoe. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Works perfectly. Keep them coming, guys. Any more? Yeah, do you still customize everything? Everything. That's like my lifestyle. I learned that from you, and I swear to God, everything now has my logo on it. Keep, I put my name on yeah, it. Yeah, you just keep shit. changing it until it becomes yours. Absolutely. Favorite movie of all time? Um, the Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. That's a tough yeah. one. That's a tough one. 19, right. 1943 British movie. We we had a conversation about war movies on Twitter. It's a war movie. Yeah. Right, and I said that Saving Private Ryan was the standout in the genre. Of course, great movie. Which I which I still semi believe because you corrected me and said that there were some that were that should be contenders that I've not seen. Yeah, some really great ones. I don't even remember which ones I, I recommended. I think it was was, it, like, was there a Kubrick one? Yeah, yeah Kubrick Paths of Glory. Yeah, which is an anti-war film about World War One. Is mm-hmm. one that like he made that in nineteen fifty six or something. It'll still make you cry and think twice about war which is a hard thing to do back then life and death of colonel blimp my favorite though because it's it looks like a wes anderson movie 
Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the movie that Wes Anderson credits with so much of his style. Mm-hmm. It was made in 1943 in England. This was the height of the war when there was nothing in England. We had to save the, the tinfoil that your chocolate bar came wrapped in for the war effort. There was so little, yet they figured out how to make this movie. They couldn't shoot at night. They couldn't shoot exteriors. So there's a dual scene where these guys have to fight and there's an exterior shot of this huge building. It's just a painting. They took a video, a movie, a film of a painting because they weren't allowed to shoot the building. So it's my favorite, it's a beautifully told story, but it's also like really minimal resource filmmaking the way that us YouTubers make movies. Like we don't have a lot, we got our camera, let's go. And these guys were during a war, how do we make a movie? And That's they awesome. did it and the movie is breathtaking. That's awesome, we have to watch that. Yeah, yeah. It, watch it's it. incredible, it's incredible. <laughs> last, last question. Yeah. Where is the next destination you're gonna fly on a very expensive first class flight? Oh my God. <laughs> when I was looking at your most popular videos, You've gone on so many first-class flights, like like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of tickets. So the answer, to, the, the truth with that is, I paid for the first one. I didn't even do that. I paid for it because I flew business class and it was for business. And they, somebody else, I think it was actually for YouTube, buying yep. speaking at a conference. They paid for the flight, and then I made a video about that. And then the airline saw that video and they're like, "Oh shit, he's flying it. back home." Give him a free upgrade. So they upgraded me to first class. I was like, great, made a video about that. Yeah. That banger did like 70 million views. Yeah. Yep. And then they called me back. They're like, we had a new plane launching. You want a flight? And I was like, hell yes. I've never <laughs> paid money for any of them. And then they put me on a plane. And that's the one that like, where I had like a whole room to myself. And I was the only person in the whole cabin. I was like, where are all the other guests? And they're like, well, actually, we haven't officially launched this yet. And I was like, <laughs> you're the only person on the plane. It's just me. They're like, yeah, if you want to take any of the other six seats. I'm like, great. <laughs> Oh my uh, God. Yeah. And then a different airline saw that and they're like, hey, you want to fly an airplane? And I was like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then Elon Musk saw that and he was like, would you want to go to Mars? <laughs> the trouble is like, I'm, I'm out of planes, but as long as they keep inviting me, I'll keep making that same video over and over right, and right. over. It's so exciting for me. Yeah. Like when I was like for the first ever, up until like two years ago, flying coach, you just fantasized. What's it like up there? Mm. They must get on the planes. <laughs> you know? You dream about that. So yeah, no, dream realize. Where am I going next? I, I don't know. Just yo, know, airlines airlines call me. Hit them up. <laughs> COVID makes it difficult. You want those views? <laughs> um, I haven't gotten on a plane since COVID started. I'm terrified. I don't think we have either. Maybe I haven't one, gotten maybe off one. one, dude. I've been I've been had to go to, to a few places and gone to a bunch more because I wanted to, but America Airlines July first started filling flights again. No middle seats open. It's a little. It's a little. Delta keeps the middle open. Yeah, they leave the middle open. We're going on a a flight on Wednesday to Colorado to give uh, a kid Joseph, who won my Dodge Challenger. Uh, But yeah, it'll be the first time I've been on a flight in a while too. I I miss. I miss traveling. I'm excited. I'm excited for the world to get back to normal. Great time. Uh, Sorry about the technical difficulties today. I I I I weathered through it, but this has been tough. It's pretty nasty. Is it gnarly over there? Pretty, pretty, in those headphones, I couldn't do it. It's, it's really yeah. throwing me First off. podcast like, I've done, uh, no headphones the entire time. I, I literally couldn't do it. I don't know what's it's happening still really here. Bad, uh, we'll figure it out. But yeah. you got beautiful ears. I'm glad I got. <laughs> not bad. Fun fact: you, you can see a little cauliflower ear. A little. In that one, in that one, a little yeah. bit from wrestling. This is all I got, and I never wore headgear, so I don't know how I don't how I came out with it. That's it. Uh, but that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Casey, thanks for coming on, Paul. Say, brother. Thanks for having me. This is great. Of course, of course. Thanks, Where can man. they uh, find you on Instagram? Just Casey Neistat? I think so, yeah. All right. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Guys, hit Casey up on Instagram. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Hit that subscribe button. We freaking love you guys. Thank you for watching Impulsive. Factually.
the number one podcast in the world. We'll see you next time. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.